Hello everyone, and welcome to Primius, the down-to-earth Hasidus podcast. In this episode, we're going to explore a concept from Toyota Oil that we've been learning this week. Um, it's literally just a couple of lines inside of a mimer, but it's the way it goes with Hasidus. One little concept opens up every line in a mimer. It's like a door to a whole new dimension of thought. And once you open it, you see a new world, as is, as if. And that's why with just a little concept of a mimer, <coughs> if you meditate on it correctly, you can discover a complete different perspective for your life. And the incredible thing is you can do that a hundred times with every mimer. <laughs> and there are thousands of mimers. Now in the Teirohoid of Megillah Sester, because we're in Rosh Chodesh Shodor, beginning the, the two months this year of happiness and may the Rebbe's blessing come true that whenever there is two others all the negative things become bottle beshishim nullified in 60 because we have 60 days of happiness so anything negative should be bottle beshishim mm-hmm. now in that mimer in Chayavinish for, for those who want to see it inside the Altarebbe brings a, an idea um, that the Torah is called example the Torah is called a moshol. It says, Ka'asher yoimar meshal hakadmoini. Should I tell you the whole posuk, the pshat of the posuk, where the idea is sourced from? Because, you know, we learn the Hasides and the Kabbalistic meaning of things. And yet, if you know the literal pshat, first of all, the pshat is also beautiful and meaningful. And also, if you know the pshat, then you can feel, understand better the twist that the Rebbe is giving it in the Mimer. So the Pshat, the context of the Pozuk is in Shmuel. Uh, the Tanakh is telling us the story of David Amelech, you know, Shaul, like, really gave David a very hard time. And at one point, David had the option, the opportunity to kill him, to revenge. And then it says, David Amelech tells him, you know what, I could finish you now. And yet, I'm not going to. Why? Because just like the oldest example, he calls the Torah, the oldest example and guide would say, from bad people comes the bad, and my hand will not be, will not go upon you. So basically the possible means like this. You know the famous Maim Razal that says, good things, Hashem sends to the world through blessed people and the opposite through the opposite type of people. And so David Amelach tells him, hey, just like the Torah says, bad comes out of bad people. And so the violence that you deserve, I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to be the one doing it. Already someone bad will come and will give you what you deserve. Don't worry, Hashem has many shluchim, You'll pay somehow else. I'm not going to be the one uh, getting my hands dirty with you. That's a chat. And it's also a beautiful teaching for life. But the interesting thing, Daltrebe, I feel that in the Mimer, when he wants to explain something, he reads the Pasuk and he's like, pause. Wait, what did you call the Torah? Meshal HaKadmoini, the oldest example. Wait, why do we call the Torah example? And also in Mishlei, in the beginning of Mishlei, uh, how do you say Mishlei in English? Uh, 
aphorisms, no, there is a word for it. Um, anyways, in the beginning of Mishlei, Shlei Melech says, I'm going to give you, Mishlei means Mesholim, examples. I'm going to give you examples to make you smart, to make you understand, to help you perceive the meaning and of life, etc. And in that context, in the first Psukim over there, it says, Lehovin Moshe Lumelitza. I'll help you understand an example and um, an uh, analogy. That would be the word. Example and analogy. So again, he's calling the Torah that he's teaching you. The Torah itself calls itself an example. So what does that mean? So the very basic pshat, in the very basic pshat, an example is a teaching, a guide. And the Torah is called the oldest example because it's the oldest teaching and guide for people. The word example equals education, right? Just like when we're educating our children, our students, we think that our children will do what we tell them. And that's where we go wrong because then any, every parent who has been a parent longer than two days <laughs> knows that children will not do what you tell them. They will do what you do. They listen to your actions, not to your words. That's why um, I heard in a Fabrengan once, <laughs> Amashpia was saying, if you want your kids to be chesidish you need to be chesidish yourself. If you're going to tell them to be chesidish then they're also going to tell their children to be chesidim. Which means that then we're going to have a bunch of generations who are not chesidim, but they do tell others to be. And that's a problem. Now, back to our point, example means education and teaching, all right? And that's why the Torah is called the oldest example, because it's the oldest teaching that comes from Hashem to us. That's why one of the Meforshim explains that Mashallah Kadmoni, Kadmoni means the earliest, but it also means that comes from the Kadmon. We do call Hashem the Kadmon. Kadmon means the most primordial, I think it's a word, the one that came before everything and anything else. But there is a deeper, a deeper meaning in the word example and why we call the Torah an example. So in order to understand what the meaning of an example is, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Why do you need to give an example? Why don't you just say what you want to say? Say what you want to say, and that's it. The, the answer is because apparently the listener, the one that's on the listening side, doesn't understand what, or couldn't, wouldn't be able to understand what you're about to say, or because he's not used to the concepts, or because you're speaking about it in a different language, or speaking about a topic that he doesn't know. And therefore, because he won't get it, I need to do the following. Giving an example is the following. Taking the heart of the concept out of the structure it comes in, I'm like pulling the idea out of its home. And now I will give you the entire train of thought, the Mahalacha Machshova, the deep idea, the logic behind the point, without using the words of the actual thing. And include 
that idea and that logic inside of a different type of garment, clothing, costume, example. The example is like a costume to the idea that I'm trying to give over. And because the example does belong to the dimension where you, the listener, is, that's why you will understand it. In other words, the listener is smart. He does have what it takes. He has the engine to perceive the idea, just not in its current levouche because the levouche is from a different dimension. For example, let's say a smart person who doesn't know math. He's still smart and he has what it takes to understand it, but someone would have to see it and explain to him, hey, uh, all the signals and the codes and the things, this means that and that means this, and then he will be able to put the equation together. It doesn't mean he can't. Somebody has to take the equation out of its mathematical structure, show it to him in a different uh, realm, in a different realm, let's I say, and and then you will be able to get it. Once he got the Moshal, you can now do the same thing but backwards. You take him, his brain, out of the limitation of the specific Moshal example, and you retrieve him back to the Nimshal, which is what you were trying to explain. In other words, for the listener, the Moshal comes before the Nimshal, but for the giver, the Nimshal comes before the Moshal. The Nimshal creates the Moshal. And that's why through the Moshal you can achieve and go up to the Nimshon. Now, in that case, now we understand why the title is called Moshal Hakadmoini. So let's put it all together. Hakadmoni means the earliest one, the one that's before anything. That's Eivishter, right? So can we take a couple of minutes to explain just that? It's a little deep in the Mimer, but it's worthy. It's really worth it. Um, in the way we understand Hashem's influence to us, the Zoyar tells us, and the Alter Rebbe is like obsessed with this word of Zoyar, he quotes it almost every mimer. Um, there are two ways that Hashem gives his spot to the world, Memale and Soivev. Memale is when Hashem takes his energy, his infinite energy, and he condenses it, he contracts it to become tiny little sparks that can give you health for 120 years, money, success, happiness, and human things are very tiny, but they do have a spark of energy from Hashem, otherwise they wouldn't exist. For example, catching the boss and having success in a meeting and I don't know, finding the product you're looking for in the supermarket. And then you get in a good mood. Yay, thanks Hashem. Well, that in those things, in the Atzlocha, you experience at that moment, there was a spark of blessing from Hashem, tiny, tiny, teeny, because for the infinity Hashem to go into that specific limited structure is Hashem lowering himself. And yet, yes, there was a spark of godliness in there. And the fact that you were able to recognize it and you stop for a second and say, wow, thanks Hashem. You say, Moideani, that's discovering the memale of your life. Yeah. In other words, anything you can understand of Hashem, anything you can feel or imagine or interpret or learn in a book or understand or contemplate or meditate or anything of the Evishter, that will be Memale. What's the proof? 
that you're getting it with your mind. So it's memale your mind, it's inside of the creature. If the creature could perceive it, then it means that it's a tiny spark of Hashem that could feed into my three pounds of flesh called brain. Now, of course, Hashem is not limited to that. Hashem is so much higher than that. Hashem is not limited to what my brain can understand or perceive. And that's what we call in Zoyar, Soivev Konalmin. That line of Hashem surrounds it all. You know, when, when um, um, there is an expression, I'm looking for an expression in English, when someone tells you something too smart or too difficult and you don't understand it, and you're like, oh, that's too big for me. Can you say that in English? Like the idea is too big for me. It's like trying to put on a cloth that's 10 sizes larger than what you need. It's, it doesn't fit me, it's way too big. So that's why we call it Tzoyvev. Not because physically it's outside of the world. Of course Hashem is everywhere. And the light of Hashem called Tzoyvev Kolalmin is also everywhere. Inside. And yet we call it the outside light because it's so beyond me. Beyond means bigger, greater, Tzoyvev, around. It's beyond me. I don't get it. That part of Hashem that we can't imagine, or even better said, that part of Hashem that we unimagine, and inventing the, the word on purpose, so the part of Hashem that you do imagine, it's called Memale. The part of Hashem that you unimagine, which means you're trying to connect to the infinity without limiting it, okay, that's Soivev Kolalmin. That's why we call it, it's beyond me. And yet, says the Altarebe, the fact itself that the Zoyar calls it beyond the world, it means it's still related to the world. It's still Be'erech to the world. It's huge, it's much more than Memale. But it's soivev kolalmin. Like, you're declaring and or defining. You're defining its greatness based on how small the world is. So Hashem is greater than the small world. Oh, that's his greatness? Well, not all of it, but for me, yeah. I'll give you an example. You remember I use this joke a lot because it's very useful for Hasidus. You remember I, we said... A uh, bunch of times we, we mentioned this, um, that this guy, Vedic, very haughty kid goes over to his father and says, Daddy, when I grow up, I really want to be like you. And the father's like, oh, thank you, my son. And why is that? Because I want to have a genius kid like me. Oh. <laughs> now, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a joke that I use a lot. I, in, in, in many cases, in many cases, I, I use the same, <laughs> it is funny, uh, even if it's repeated many times. Yeah, because, you know, just like when you play Legos, you use the same pieces to build different houses. So it's the same thing. I use the same example sometimes and jokes, whatever, to explain different ideas. You make different houses, but it's the same pieces. In any case, the idea of that joke is that we praise Hashem according to our limitation. For example, I am limited and I'm tiny, but Hashem made me and He's great because He made me. I'm like the guy with the kid. Hashem, you're so big because you made the world. But for Hashem, the true greatness of Hashem is not the fact that He made the world. That's like a symptom for Him, not a greatness. And yet from our perspective, that's how it is. Because that's the most we can see. I was doubting whether to mention this um, example in the podcast, but 
I think it's I think it's um, I think it's worth it. Um, even though you might disagree with my interpretation of the story, but but I think it's 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 a good example for this concept. Um, right, we had Chovishvat a while ago, and and when people try to speak about the greatness of the Rebetzin, the Rebetzin was an incredible tzaddikus, and yet we don't know much about her because she was an incredible tzaddikus. <laughs> she lived her life like a real tzaddikus, doing the mitzvahs for Hashem and not for public approval or or um, for uh, social position, etc. And therefore, we don't know many stories of her. So whenever someone finds any story, everyone's excited to share the Maisa because like, oh, we found the, uh, a Maisa of the Rebetzin. And the Maisa I heard this Chovishvat is actually a very nice story. I'm not obviously criticizing the story. I'm, I'm criticizing a little bit the perspective people give it or the feeling you get when they say it. They right the Rebetzin um, had a, a friend a lady who lived in another country and she sent her daughter to learn in in Kronites and she she asked the Rebetzin if she can you know keep an eye on her make sure she's doing fine etc so she said of course I'll help you as much as I can and then when the girl was already learning there the Rebetzin one day called the school and she said hello may I speak with uh, whatever XYZ you wanted to talk to the girl to see how she's doing and they're like, the secretary says, I'm sorry, it's school policy. You cannot talk to students during learning hours. And the Rebetzin said, oops, I'm sorry. Thank you anyways. And she hung up. You get the story? That's the whole story? Yeah. What's a greatness? Well, I do appreciate... Uh, exactly. She could say, um, it's Mrs. Schneerson. <laughs> like, just two words and the whole school, not the secretary the director and all the kids and everyone would like go like like a soldier on uh, what's it called when they go like ready and everyone would listen to whatever she asks and yet she didn't she didn't use her social position to overpower someone or something and i do appreciate it but hey do you understand what's happening when we tell the story we're kind of agreeing that it's the norm and we accept it to use your social position to step over someone's head just because you can. Not even that, much more than that. Even people who do not have a real social, but they're not real tzaddikim who people should respect. They're nobody. And yet they will make up, they will like self-grandiose, uh, with self-grandiose imagination, they will make themselves as if they're bigger and greater and amazing and they do declare themselves Hi, I'm the big Rob. Who are you? You barely believe in Hashem. And yet, they play a big just so they can eventually step on someone's head. That's a norm. That's what people do. And so, from our perspective of the little kid with Gaiva, the greatness of the father is that he had a kid like me. In other words, like, oh, you know what? The greatness of the Rebetzin, that she doesn't act like a hazard like we do. Is that really the greatness? That's a simple story. That's what everyone should be doing. And now I'm trying to reimagine the end of the story. Okay, I'm, this part I'm making up by myself. But let's imagine that the secretary, or if it was me, it could have been me. I picked up the phone and then somebody told me, oh, by the way, you know who called at 10.30 a.m. today? Who? It was the Rebetzin. I was like, how did they find out? That's what I'm saying. Probably the Rebetzin told someone I called and I couldn't get a hold of her. And then they found out what time it was. I don't know. At the end, they didn't find out. 
That's how we know the story. But let's say, let's imagine that after the person who heard it, the person who answered the phone, said like, oops, ouch, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. It was the rabbit. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's the wrong part of the story. I don't even know if that happened. But if it happened, and that's what we all feel, right? If I was the one who picked up the phone, I would be like, I didn't realize it was the rabbit. Oh my gosh. Well, wait, why? Because with other people, you could do it. And to the rabbit said, no. In other words, we always estimate the, 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 the greatness of something based on the limitation of ourselves. So if we're limited to, I don't know, 10 inches, great means 11 inches. You know what I'm saying? If I'm limited to be like 100 of IQ, a genius is 101 of IQ. That's a problem, not the problem. That's a limitation of soivev kolalmin. When we call the light of Hashem, whoa, the light that's beyond, yeah, beyond you. That's why is Altarev saying this? Okay, of course, he doesn't say the examples are mine. <laughs> the examples, because that's the topic of today. Um, but it does say that soivev kolalmin is limited because it's still related to the limitation of the world as opposed to the oiden soif itself, the infinite light itself. Okay, so what do we call that infinite light itself? Kadmoin. The thing before, the one before, the, what was there before. And in this, we all agree. I'll tell you what I mean. Like you speak to everyone, even either a believer or not, like religious people or those who are religious of science, because <laughs> it turned into a religion too, according to the different interpretations. If it's not pure science, it becomes a religion too. And they're like, no, there is no God. Why? Because of evolution and because of uh, the Big Bang, etc., uh, etc. Et now, okay, fine. You know what? Let's say we agree. And the world did start with an explosion that happened 15,000 million years ago. Okay, fine. What was the explosion? What was the particle that exploded? Who made it explode? What was there before the explosion? Who, what or where, where, if the space, which is the where things happen, started with the explosion, what was there or who was there or where was there before the explosion? And to that question, no one has an answer. There are three, four theories nowadays, but it, they're very far. They're not, nobody knows. Because the one thing we can all agree on, the before we call whatever we call world, we don't know. We know from Bereshis. We know from Bereshis. So you want to say that Bereshis is then or now or whenever? Fine. But what's there before Bereshis? They just raise their eyebrows and their shoulders. Nobody knows. Well, we call that Oiden Soif. We call that infinite energy. The infinite energy of the Avister is the thing that was there before the world. Now, can I explain it? Can I understand it? Can I relate to it? Mm, not so much, because I'm limited. I can imagine Memale Kolalmin. I could unimagine, I could do the extra step of whatever, connecting to Soif of Kolalmin. But the true Oiden Soif, I have no idea. We call that Kadmoin, the thing that was before everything, the earliest. And now comes the amazing point of the Mimer and says that this is why the Torah is called Meshala Kadmoini. And it doesn't mean the oldest example and guide or the guide from the oldest 
one, which is Hashem. But instead, according to the Alter Rebbe now, the translation is the Torah is the example to understand the oldest one, the one that was there before. Moshol for understanding the Kadmoini. The Torah is that entire structure that we explained before in the example of the example. <laughs> When, you know, when somebody doesn't understand something and then he needs someone to take the idea out of its context and put it into different nevushim, that's an example. That's what Hashem did by giving us the Torah. The Torah is the godly made example to get to the nimshol, the exemplified, which is what? The Evishter himself. Because Hashem is infinite and is oiden soif and you could never have access to even connecting remotely to that infinity, that's why Hashem gave us an entire intellectual system, emotional system, a way of life, the whole entire Torah. When you connect to the logic of Gemara and to the history of the Tanakh and, and to the mysticism of Kabbalah and to the imaginary metaphors of the Midrashim and, and you live your life according to these values and you practice the mitzvahs and you live a life like a Eid, all of that together creates an entire mind structure that we define and we call it motion. But the incredible thing here is that you have to understand that all the Torah you learn and all the mitzvahs you do, they're just a motion. You can't stop by the motion. Imagine someone tries to explain something to you. And it's like ABC and you're like, uh, what? Okay, I'll give you an example. XYZ, ah, XYZ, I love it. You turn around and you go. And you just got the XYZ and you forgot to retranslate it and go back to the Nimshol, to the ABC. You're missing the point. The whole idea of, of Torah learning in a Torah life is to actually achieve the next level, like understanding it and learning it and connecting to it and practicing it and living according to it and having those values and making your life in this way. That's just half of the way. It's one side of the coin. Now you gotta, you gotta flip it and find the back side, which is the Nimshon. But you know what's the most incredible thing? That even after you found the, the, the Nimshon, even after you found the light which hides inside the Kli, now that Nimshon becomes your new Moshon. And now you gotta jump again and find the new Nimshon. You get it? Because the Torah, is infinite. It's light of Hashem. So just like Yetzirah's Mitzrayim, you gotta go out of Mitzrayim every day. Wait, I already went out. No, because Mitzrayim is not that place. Mitzrayim is every place. And as you go out of a new limitation, you discover an infinity compared to that limitation. But now that you're comfortable and settled in this new dimension, then you would realize that this is also a limited structure and just an example for the next level, which is the Nimshon. And then you take your next leap. And once you're there, you're not anymore in the Nimshon. You're again in the Moshol to the next one. And that's why Tzadikim That's why it says that Tzadikim don't have a rest. Not in this world, not in the world to come. Tzadikim never rest. Why? Because as soon as you advance from the Levush to the next level, then you realize that this is also a levush compared to the next level. And that's why a Jew keeps on walking. 
It goes together with the last two podcasts that we recorded, that Abraham Avinu searching for the true light of Hashem and not giving in to the current levush that he found by realizing that it's a levush. But you see, this idea is it's a, it's a constant in the Altar Torah. And this is what the Altar says, uh, used to say, the Rebbe says that it means used to say, that he said it many times, I don't want your Ganeiden, I don't want your Elamavo, I don't want, wait, 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 what's wrong with Ganeiden and Elamavo? It's nice. <laughs> yeah, but it's also a Levush. I, I want you. I want the you of you. And that's why a Chosid who lives with the Alter Rebbe's teachings is someone who's a Mehalech, a constant walker, a constant, a person who's constantly advancing. And not only in this world, even in the world to come, there is no stopping because Hashem is infinite. And, and that's the teaching of this week. You have to realize that whichever level of perception of Torah that you have achieved, it's nothing but a levush to a deeper, to a deeper uh, perception and dimension of Torah. And you have to be daring to undress the onion and go deeper and deeper and deeper until the infinite. And never give up and never feel settled with any level of example. Always look for the name, Shalom. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll hear each other again next week. Don't forget to forward, to um, not like, to feed feedback, uh, positive feedback and to support this project. Thank you very much for listening. A good Chavez.